Hi, and welcome to Late Bloom in Love. It's a podcast about finding love when it's about blooming time and about overcoming barriers to finding that love at any age. I'm your host, Amanda Klang, and on each episode of this show, I'm going to speak with an expert on love and relationships to ask lots of questions and find inspiration and encouragement to get out there. That's because I'm single too, and I have been for a long time. So I feel like it's a moment for me to try dating once again. And I'm hoping the guests in this podcast will help me find my own late blooming love. If you're in my shoes, I hope it helps you too. After each interview on the show, my friend Shelly Morgan will join me for a check-in. She's been married for a decade and dated up a storm before that, so we're pretty much opposites when it comes to love. And since we're coming from such different perspectives, we'll have lots to say to each other. A new episode of Late Bloom in Love will drop twice a month. Subscribe to be sure to get notified when each new episode is here. Thanks for hanging in so far. Let's get to our first guest, Montreal relationship coach, Regine Kwaku. Welcome to the podcast, Regine. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for having me. It's really fun to have you here. <laughs> so let's uh, start at the beginning. Uh, Regine, what is a relationship coach? A relationship coach. That's interesting. A relationship coach, actually, it's here to not tell people what's wrong, okay? But most, um, I would say, to, to show people what they can do to actually have easier um, relationships. That's how I see my work. Make things easy for people. See love from another perspective. Relationships from, a, 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 I would say, a better place than the place that we hear mostly about. Um, so that's what um, my job is about, I would say. And who comes to see you? Like people at what stage of their life? Uh, um, what, what profile of people? Does it tend to be the same or is it a, a huge variety? Tell me who, who tends to come to see you. Um, there's different. Um, there's a variety of people that comes because, but I would say mostly women, mostly single, mostly 30 and up. So that's the, I would say 70% of the people that would come see me. And then I have people already in relationships that are having issues in the relationship that want to, that need help to actually see things better. And I also have some, a few men that um, um, they are already um, on the dating, um, dating the different dating um, web um, sites applications and then um, they need advice to um, how to have a better love life I would say. Mm, nice can I ask uh, uh, how old the clients of yours are on the on the older end? Older and I would say 60. Oh nice. nice yeah 60 years old women 60 years old yes and is it often people who have been married before or have been in a long-term relationship and they're sort of starting again? Yeah, there's that, um, people having that quote-unquote second life or people for whatever reason who's never have, um, uh -huh. they've, they've never had 
steady, serious, long um, relationship. So hmm. they come how, to understand. How, uh, I'm curious, how often are those, is that the, the experience of your clients that they really, they're coming to you and they really feel like they've never had the kind of love relationship they, they hope to have? Yes, no kids. Um, their love life didn't go as expected, um, like they wanted. They didn't meet the right person. So they're like trying to see, did I do something wrong? Which is never the case. But um, of course that they're wondering, it's like, what did I do wrong? I never met the right person or my longest relationship was a year and then or two years or six months. Or again, I would have um, women usually around 40, 43. I mean, they come very like anxious, like really they wanted kids and then now they still have no one in their lives and they're not getting married. And uh-huh. it's very, it's, it's an anxious um, stage mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah, in for life. sure. Yes. If you want children, it is, it's kind of the, yes. the, the tail end of the time when you think you can do it, but how, how often are your clients having that experience? I'm just curious. Cause I must say, I do relate to that not really not having had the kind of love experience that seems like in quotes normal that everyone gets to have like how often do your clients feel that way too most of them uh-huh. oh, that makes me feel most better of them. and and that's why for example when you have group meetings and then you realize that women they start feeling better because they realize uh-huh. all along they have a tendency to think that they're alone in their situation. That's right. There's, some, there's something that must be wrong with me. Or they will come and say, oh, you know, it's because I'm overweight. Or, or you know, it's because um, I suffer from this or I did not achieve that. Or And then they come and then they realize that, oh, my God, this beautiful girl, what is she doing here? Um, right. Well, I was telling you, it's not a matter of you supposedly being overweight. Because yeah. people will find reasons right. to actually justify why it has nothing to do. You have all profile, all kind, all culture, um, 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 profession. I, I um, yeah. do that again. Pro- profession, profession, yes, professions. You you have all kind um, yeah. of women going to the same um, situation of right. not having found the one right mm-hmm. and it's very true though that I think it's easy to think that you're alone in this experience mm-hmm. and then it's very reassuring to realize oh I'm not the only one exactly yeah. and it's when you meet other women just like I mean going to the same um, pattern and then you say oh okay so I'm not alone no okay so nothing's wrong with me no <laughs> Where do you start when you're working with, say, a woman, mm-hmm. when a client has come to see you and would like to be in a love relationship, feels she never gets to have that experience or never finds the person that's compatible mm-hmm. for her. She probably has all kinds of reasons why she believes it's the case. And it sounds like you're probably going to tell, tell her, no, those actually aren't the reasons. Where do you start? Like, what, what, how do you? I start with the begin? story. Uh-huh. The story. Tell me your story. And the way the person is going to tell me the story. I will automatically pick where there might be, where the issue might be. Because usually we have one experience, two bad experiences, three bad experiences, and then suddenly it becomes the norm because it's like we expect things to go this way or our subconscious are automatically expect things to go this way. And we can never, ever remove ourselves 
and our mental, our everything, our energy, our vibration, our expectations, beliefs, we can never remove them from this, this pattern, this set um, expectations somewhere, somehow. So um, they have a tendency to repeat over yeah. over the same pattern. And it's, I mean, actually I say it's easy, but it's not easy, but it can be extremely, but very fast and easy because there's only one question. It's like, do you believe that you can find love? Uh-huh. And the person cannot, for all good reason, past experiences, she will say, I want, but I cannot. And then once you go and you set and then you believe and then you start expecting it and then you start thinking of it as it's normal, it's easy, it's like eating. And then people, they come and they say, oh my God, I met this guy. Oh my God, I was looking. And it's not even online dating or anything. It comes naturally because you start being in this, ease and natural um, feeling um, vibration toward the thing. Uh-huh. So you start expecting on some level that it's possible and then it becomes possible. Is that sort of what happens? Yeah. And it's more than expecting. You start not even think about it. It's like I give people examples. I said, do you actually pray, write, or say your affirmation and do all kind of stuff? for the dinner or whatever food meal you're going to have. And they're like, no, you just know that you're going to eat something that is going to be um, pleasant, good, whatever you want, you're going to have. Right, right, so right. there's no work to do uh-huh. to actually decide what you're going to have to eat. Right. Because you find it normal. Uh-huh. And so you need to transform your thinking around love and love relationships as if it's just as normal as having a good meal. Totally. Oh, very good. Okay. I like it. You don't wait for so, the meal. You find it easy. Would I say, yeah. Amanda, um, are you going to eat tonight? Oh, I don't know. I haven't done my affirmations. I don't know. I'm not sure. Of course I'm going to eat, Regine. So Amanda, are you going to meet um, the love of your life? Oh my God, Regine. Don't you know? I am, I mean, this thing don't work. It never works. I mean, it, it has never worked for me. We got our answers. But then, okay. But then um, I guess the work that you do with your clients is helping them shift that belief structure. But maybe tell me, tell me a couple of the things you might do with a client who comes to you uh, with the belief that she's never going to find love. And how do you help what, what are a couple of the things you might do to help her shift that belief? First thing is like to understand the story. Right. Second thing is that to rewrite the story. Uh-huh. You have to rewrite the story because there's a story that you know. There's a story that you're repeating. There's a story that you, you live, you dream it, you know it. It's like you have to change the story. So sometimes I will literally, literally rewrite the story. And the person needs to be talking to herself. The person needs to be in that place where she finds it to be normal, to be loved. So does that mean, so I would say I have memories of specific experiences I had when I was young or a teenager that to me felt like, oh, I'm, you know, it felt like rejection or disappointment. So I need to 
tell the story of that memory from a different point of view where no, your future story oh my future story so it's not about you rewriting the story yes because you have a story of um a love life that is not going the way i want what's your story oh everybody i meet things never go the way i want what's your story i met so many guys and and then so now what do you want oh no i want to have a story where um, love is easy in my life, love, love is fun, love is, uh, and, and you need to write that story. I am loved, I am appreciated, I am fulfilled, I am happy, yeah. I love, I receive, I give, it's easy. And the more you repeat it, and then eventually it starts to sink. Uh-huh. How is that different than affirmations? I think people are probably familiar with the idea of affirmations where you write out, mm-hmm. I am loved or I am wealthy mm-hmm. or something. But it sounded like from what you said earlier that that's maybe not a technique that you particularly subscribe to. So how is what you're describing of rewriting my future the way I want it? How is that different from writing affirmations? It is like affirmations. I work with affirmations also. Uh-huh. The thing with affirmations, it's like people, they do not believe in what they're saying. Uh-huh. So for affirmations that you do not believe, Amanda, you have to go about a hundred times repeating them uh-huh. before it starts to sink. Where people will, they will say affirmations 10 times and 20 times. If you don't believe it, it never the vibration never kicked in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you would have to repeat it over and over and over. I prefer the person take the time to actually go inside and write, okay, I'm writing this story for myself. Okay. This is what I want for myself. I see. So you don't, as you're writing it, it's not necessary that you believe it already. It can be exactly. what you what you are hope like what you want to invite in i see exactly. so you can you can have some doubt and some fear but it can exactly. still be a, an effective process and i mean how often does this technique work for your clients it works for certain clients and it does not work for certain and the women whom actually when sometimes it does not work uh-huh. What they say all the time, Regine, I feel so much better anyway. Uh-huh. It's because they still cannot connect with the, they, they cannot allow themselves to jump to the, yeah. okay, I'm going to receive, but still they do a tremendous effort in already starting to believe uh-huh. that uh-huh. they may deserve it, that it may be normal. I don't even like the word deserve. Deserve means I'm making effort. Right. It is normal. Right. Normal. Right. Okay. Normal to eat, yeah. normal to sleep, normal to meet, to have friends, to be loved and to love. It is not, it's get in the vibe of, okay, it's not something out there that I'm looking for. It is right here. Wow. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, uh-huh. but I see miracles. Uh-huh. How, I see miracles. How long do people work with you for that? For, for that, how long does it take for, for this switch to happen in general? Of course, it depends, but I don't know. I've seen switching one, two sessions. I would say five because I don't work more than five hours with a client. Really? Yeah. Oh. Because I, I don't want it, to, it, it will change nothing. Whether you work with me, 10 sessions or 10 years, 
or five sessions, it's you that will continue doing the work. And you're going to have all the tools to actually do the work. And the more you do the work, the more it's going to sink in. I cannot do the work. No. And no. they will come back when they meet someone. Um, Regine, let's talk about some of the sort of practical aspects of dating that people probably have to face. And I just want to underline that we're still in this pandemic. So how are your clients dealing with looking for love during the pandemic? What, what are you hearing from them? Actually, to tell you, frankly, I find surprisingly that they're doing better than I would expect. Uh-huh. Because you would think that um, dating would have had um, taken a, a, a backseat. Yeah, uh, yeah, but no. People, I think that past the first three months, mm-hmm. I think that people started to realize that, okay, either we lead a normal life right. or we're going to remain single because this thing it will never end. Yeah. Or, right. I mean, will never or end. Or won't end soon. Yes. Won't end in two weeks. Right. Yeah. So, so before talking to you, I was talking to a client yeah. who's actually meeting the guy for a second date yeah. and they're again going for a walk. Right. Because you can't meet inside safely at this yeah. point. No, right. because she chose to go on a walk. Right. So just to, sh- I guess you're underlining that life is carrying on. People aren't giving up the search for love just because the pandemic is complicating how we can spend time with people. And exactly. Huh. What, what about the online business? Are people doing a lot of, are your clients doing a lot of oh, online dating? Yeah. And oh, yeah. has it changed at all? Has, has the experience of online dating changed during the pandemic for them? No. They meet like to go grab a coffee yeah. so that they validate some kind of, yeah. okay, he looks serious, he oh, looks right, okay. Right. And then it's just a matter of what, 15 minutes uh-huh. before they say, okay, let me go to your place or mine, the closest. Oh. Just, and then does it, is that just to have an opportunity just to spend time together and talk or is this yeah, so they can yeah. jump in the sack or something or oh not at all uh-huh. the talking is now uh-huh. the, what they would do at a restaurant i find it to be very respectful i haven't had one client yet um doing going at it like out of the ordinary like even before the pandemic some people would sleep together on the first day so it hasn't changed Interesting. I guess people have to decide where their safety lines are and fingers crossed. They're not, they're not being really, um, what's the word like making decisions that are unwise, but I guess everyone's different. I personally have no judgment in the sense that I don't think it's my place to tell the people what they should or should not do. I think they listen to the news. They know what's going on and, and they're not coming to me to say, do you think it's wise? I mean, I have no opinion on that matter. You know what's best for you. Right. What's something you want, would like someone to leave listening to this conversation with in terms of feeling, you know, optimistic about their own possibility of finding love? Yes. I had a workshop on that last Saturday. Um, the ladies, they come because um, I was, they wanted to change. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I want to change before I get in love. I want to change and get better. I want to learn this. I want and I said, there's nothing to change. There's nothing to learn. There's nothing to get better at. You want to find somebody who's going to take you exactly the way you are. There's no healing your dependence affective. Yeah, I don't know. You say uh, that. Uh, what is it called? Like 
my goodness, I can't remember how to say that in English. When you're you're uh, you're emotionally dependent. Dependent. Yeah. There's yeah. no trying to heal that. There's no trying to. It's too much effort. It's like your ego telling you that one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be, oh, Amanda, now you're good. <laughs> when is that day ever gonna come? Right. When are you ever gonna be good enough? Good enough for what? You are good enough now, but here in your mind, you yeah. have to start believing that yeah. I want a man to appreciate me exactly the way I am. Yeah. And that's it. That's all. Because ah. each and every people, person yeah. can find the right person. And the right person for Amanda is not necessarily the right person for Regine. But yeah. everybody who believes that the right person may come will find that right person. Oh, I love it. Regine, give me some homework. Me or somebody listening. What would be, I, I'm guessing you probably ask your clients to do some work on their own when they're after yes. they've seen you. So what would be a, a, a starting assignment that you would give someone and give it to me? Now, I would say, Amanda, you go for the next 21 days. You make sure for the next 21 days, you write what it is that you want. I am I for the first time in my life. I am living such a wonderful relationship because I finally realized that after all these years, all it took was for me to actually believe that it was normal that I could have such a beautiful relationship in my life. I am on that today. I am so happy, loved, fulfilled, appreciated. And I thank life, I thank God, I thank the universe, I thank, I don't know, for this. Um, and then you, you, you write the story that you want, just like that. As if I was saying, Amanda, tell me, what, what did you write? Like, you're already in a relationship, what would you be, what would you write? Uh-huh. So I just, you're asking me to answer the question or you're asking me to think about that? No. Uh-huh. That's, That's what I'm writing. And, what, and do I need to do it every day? I would do it every day, please. And, and is it kind of the same thing or should I vary what I'm writing? You vary because it's a story that you're writing. Uh, so it could be just different. In, if I'm imagining this, li- living this very fulfilled experience of being in a love relationship with someone that make, I, makes me feel wonderful, then each day that I'm writing could be I'm writing a different day in my life exactly. with, with that yes. person, with that experience. Yes. Ah, it's pretty with key words, oh, yes. key words being gratitude, yes. key words being, oh, I didn't expect it to be so easy, <gasps> key words being, oh, I'm in awe, um, I am loved, I am appreciated, um, I am fulfilled, yeah. key love, key words being that. Uh-huh. Nice. Well, I am going to do this homework, Regine, and then I'm going to report back to you. And if anyone listening decides to, I hope I hope they do too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Regine Kwaku, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so so much for joining me. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> you have me talk about my favorite subject, so that I'm not all like. Ah, nice, nice. Good for you. Good for me. Good for everybody listening. Okay, thank you. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Shelly Morgan, 
Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy you're here. How are you? I am fabulous. It is my esteemed pleasure to be here with you. So Shelly, we both heard this conversation with Montreal that I had with Montreal relationship coach, Jejin Kweku. And she was telling me about how she works with her clients to help them find love in their lives. And it's a lot about helping them believe that it's possible for them. Like that's really the starting place for her. And one reason I want to talk to you and I want you to be part of this project is because your story, you did so many of these things, but just because you figured it out yourself. So Shelly, you're married to your wonderful husband, Garfield. Mm. Tell me a little bit about how you found each other, how you found him. All right. So prior to my life here in Canada, I lived in Jamaica and I had a wonderful, wonderful dating experience um, spanning in my 20s, mid-30s. And then one day I realized that, you know, I think I, I, I want a serious relationship. And I had read that this lady um, wrote a, a list of a hundred qualities she wanted in a husband and she got the husband. It was mm. some random article. So what I did, I remember it was in my little bachelorette pad, believe you <laughs> me, classic bachelorette. I only had water and rice right. <laughs> in the kitchen. That was it. Um, I was always on the road. And one night I sat down and I wrote the hundred qualities that I wanted in a husband, I tore that list up and I decided immediately that, you know what, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Uh, One of the qualities was that my husband to be would appreciate art. And I said, well, if he's going to appreciate art, I need to appreciate art as well. So I took my lunchtime from my work. And this was a work where I loved lunchtime because it meant really hanging out with my close friends at work. Mm -hmm. And I went driving to find, you know, an art gallery that I could begin appreciating art. It was not a part of my daily life at all. And I would see couples in Kingston, Jamaica, and I would go. I give thanks for my husband. There was no envy or, oh, poor me. No, it was like, oh, excellent. It's happening to someone. I give thanks to my husband. And for me, it, it manifested that my husband, Garfield Morgan, is an artist. Now, I am the girl that never thought about a white dress or a wedding. I didn't even have a, had a wedding. We went to what you'd call like a courthouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we did the ceremony there and then we went about our business. Um, so I, I think your, your guess was spot on. Having that confidence and really moving out in faith um, is, is yeah, whatever your faith is, whatever you think you need. Yeah. And so I throw the question back at you, Miss Amanda. <laughs> Yeah. What are you going to do with all this wonderful life experience that have been shared with you? (laughs) Well, okay. Thank you for asking. And um, so I've been doing the homework that I asked Regine to give me. This is right. So I'm, I know your, your question is maybe larger, but I'll just, I'll just answer in response to the the work that she proposed. And so she was talking about 
Uh, if, if you don't believe yet that you can find love, and maybe, maybe I don't, because I certainly haven't found it. And I do relate to what she said. She talked about a lot of her clients sort of feel like whatever age they're at and stage they're at, they still haven't had this love experience that everyone else seems to have. And so I kind of relate to that. So if I don't yet fully believe that it's possible, her advice or her exercise that she proposed is to write your story and you're writing your future story. So I have been writing Shelly Morgan, my future story <laughs> and trying to do what she says, which is, or not trying, doing what she says, which is emphasizing, you know, these are imaginary scenarios, an imaginary moment in my near future life, but emphasizing the feelings that I'm having in this situation yes. of confidence, that yes. this is something that is just happening to me, a wonderful moment of experience with a wonderful person, a wonderful man that I am feeling connected with and appreciated by and loved by and that this is something easy that this just is part of life and she was talking about how it's it's as much a part of life as, as eating your dinner and yes not, not everybody in the world we know can trust that they are going to have dinner on the table so I do want to acknowledge that but I'm very <laughs> lucky you are too we know we're going to have dinner and so um yeah, trying to kind of take that just relaxed confidence is not a big deal. Of course, dinner is coming. Of course, love is coming. So yeah. I'm, I'm not finished. She suggested 21 days. So I'm still doing this, but it's a, an everyday exercise. And uh, I think of you because I know this <laughs> is the kind of thing that you do and know is, is useful and, and effective. And sometimes it feels a bit funny to do, but I'm doing it. So... <laughs> I I just believe in, I call it magic. People have different words for it, um, but it has manifested itself so much in my life that once I begin to perform activities that coincide with the goals that I want, that they tend to manifest themselves in wonderful ways. Um, so for me, yeah, when I when I listen to you and I see a beautiful apartment there behind you, mm-hmm. I think getting an and, and I, we've spoken about this, getting an extra toothbrush, mm-hmm. finding a space in your bedroom for that person to leave their shirt or their pants or whatever, just kind of having that special glass that you know only you guys drink from. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think regimes. Um, homework is wonderful and love is for all of us but actually the first and first and foremost love is love for oneself Mm. once you can master that then really your day your entire day is about love that is a wonderful note to end on thank you so much Shelly Morgan for joining me I'm so glad you're part of this it is my pleasure my friend love 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 (laughs) thanks so much to my guest montreal relationship coach regine kwaku you can find her on tiktok at regine kwaku coach that's c-o-i-c-o-u and thanks also to my friend and co-conspirator shelly morgan i'm so glad you're joining me on this journey this has been the inaugural episode of Late Bloom in Love with me, your host, Amanda Klang. And I've had an amazing time. Thanks so much for joining me here. 
I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Meanwhile, you can find out more about the show at latebloominlove.com. That's Bloomin, B-L-O-O-M-I-N. You can also leave comments or questions there. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram pages, Late Bloomin' Love. Catch you next time.